Charged Up, Episode 74, How to Create Your Own Credit Card and Help Others with Stephen Carton. Are you ready to get charged up about your money, your credit, and your overall financial health? You've come to the right place. You're listening to Charged Up with Jenny Hoff. Welcome to Charged Up. I'm your host, Jenny Hoff, and I'm managing editor at creditcards.com, where we love to help you earn rewards and help you donate those rewards if you'd prefer to give them to those in need. Well, our guest today, Stephen Garten, took that to a new level when he decided that consumers needed more options to donate to their favorite nonprofit. And he created Charity Charge, a credit card that does just that. He wasn't in the financial industry or even a seasoned entrepreneur. Instead, he was just a guy with a belief that each swipe could do good. With his mission in his mind, he convinced MasterCard to give his credit card a try. And now he has users in all 50 states. So let's get charged up about learning how to make a difference with your credit card and create your own solution when you're not satisfied with what's on offer. Stephen, thank you so much for joining me today. It's my pleasure to be here, Jenny. Thank you so much. So first, let's talk about your background. What were you doing before Charity Charge and what triggered your career change? Yeah, I think there's kind of, it's a good question in the really micro perspective. I had recently moved to Austin, moved there when I was 23, and I started working for a group called the Austin Technology Incubator, which is a part of the University of Texas. And I was working hands-on consulting and doing a lot of market research for early stage technology companies. And I was just around all these entrepreneurs and was just seeing all the amazing things that they were doing and about kind of their visions for, for their companies and, and the reason that they were doing them, how they wanted to kind of build a career by bringing innovative things to life. And I got really inspired to do something entrepreneurially myself. I think in, in kind of the macro point as well, you know, coming out of college, unfortunately, my father passed away when I was 19 and it certainly left a mark on me of how am I going to make a difference in this world? And, you know, maybe really kind of really reflect early on at a young age that, you know, I wanted to make meaning out of my career. Um, but I was still, you know, in my early twenties, you know, in Austin, just trying to figure it out and just around a lot of entrepreneurs. So what triggered actually deciding, okay, so I want to go do my own company and I wanted to have meaning to starting your own credit card. What was that moment? And I think when we chatted before, you kind of talked about how you had this frustrating experience of trying to book award travel with your credit card points. You know, the real way I came up for the, with the idea for Charity Charge, I had signed up for a credit card and I remembered, you know, when I signed up for it, there were all these, now looking back on it, kind of illusions of grandeur of get this credit card and you're going to get all these perks and benefits and bonus points and it's going to change your life. <laughs> so I was using this card throughout the year and uh, it was December and I, you know, one night thought to myself, geez, I probably accumulated a lot of points. Let me log into the bank's rewards catalog and see what I'm going to pick out for myself. What am I going to get? And I, I did that and I was strolling through and I had this really aggravating experience because at first I thought, well, let me get some flights. And then the flights I wanted had blackout dates, so I couldn't use the points for that. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm scrolling through and I'm thinking, hmm, do I want a Red Lobster gift card or an Olive Garden <laughs> gift card or, you know, and I got even more frustrated and then. I'm toggling in the section where they're offering me, you know, things such as uh, Samsonite briefcases or binoculars and toaster ovens. And I just had this moment, you know, about like 45 minutes into this of agonizing over what to pick out that 
I just didn't need more stuff, right. you know, after using this card for an entire year, you know, all I was going to get is a toaster oven or a red lobster gift card. Yeah. No disrespect to red lobster. <laughs> so I, I logged off and fortune has it, you know, the, the next thing I did, I was checking my email at the top of my inbox was a note from a nonprofit in Austin called Hill Country Conservancy, a group that I had been, does a lot of environmental preservation work in the Austin area. And uh, I had been supporting them throughout that year, you know, just in a normal way that a donor would support through, you know, writing a check and giving general donations that way. And that's when I got the epiphany where, you know, a moment ago I was frustrated because I had been using a credit card. There was nothing that I wanted in those reward points. And yet here was a nonprofit that I really cared about their mission. I wanted to support. And I just thought to myself, what if instead of, you know, getting stuff for myself, I could benefit the organization that I really cared about just through my everyday purchases. And mm-hmm. we've all seen the success of companies like Tom's and Warby Parker that, you know, it's on that product level where by this product, you're able to give back and make a difference. I thought, why not be able to take that up to the next level so that everything you buy makes a difference. And, and I think it's only that I realize it now years later after having that experience, I think what it truly you know, was triggering me is that my parents always raised me with a couple of really core, you know, foundational principles. And I think one that maybe I had forgotten for a moment, which was, you know, giving is better than receiving. Mm -hmm. And now I really think about kind of the mission and what we're doing with charity charge is really giving people an opportunity to have an easy way to give back. And, you know, if we're so lucky, like this morning, I bought a cup of coffee. Well, I use my charity charge card and I benefit the nonprofits I cared about. You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm fortunate enough that I can afford that cup of coffee. Why not help someone else that's less fortunate in the process just as a simple byproduct? And you make it super easy and we'll get into that in a moment. But I'm curious first, how did your idea of well, I should start a credit card where every you know purchase I make, there's a some money given to a charity of my choice to actually bring that to fruition? Because I think if somebody said I started my own credit card, I'd I would just shake my head. How did you start your own credit card? You're not MasterCard. You're not Visa. So kind of take me through that process quickly of how you went from, I'm going to start my own credit card to actually having a credit card to sell people. Sure. Look, there's a lot of twists and turns, but I think (laughs) the best way that I can kind of answer it in the most practical level for anyone that wants to start a credit card company or, you know, is just kind of in the building blocks and early phases of, of getting their idea off the ground The good kind of thing that I really learned when I worked at the Austin Technology Incubator was to really look at what other people are doing in the space that might be a complementary business model. So although I had this idea for a credit card that you would use instead of you getting bonus points or airline miles, you could donate it. What I quickly realized is, you know, look, this already exists in many respects in the sense of there's a Southwest card where we use that and you get reward points or there's, you know, a Nordstrom's card or any of these brands. Right. So I started looking at it. And I realized that there's a business model called co-brand credit card. And with that, you can essentially partner with a payment network like MasterCard and Visa, and also partner with an issuing bank, whether it's Commerce Bank or Chase Bank or Capital One. So I really looked to see what was going on in the market that was at least from a business model perspective, tangentially related to what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think you had him on as a guest that Tony Robbins, one of his great lines yeah. that came from one of his mentors, Jim Rohn of success leaves clues. Mm-hmm. I just, I just tried to peel back the onion a little bit 
I, I noticed what was going on in the space, started reaching out to consultants and kind of let it unfold through those uh, means. And so you were looking now for these opportunities. What connections did you have? Who was working in this space that you could reach out to? Who could put you in touch with the right person? And eventually you got to the right person and you had then your business plan. So how did you kind of convince MasterCard this was going to be a profitable card for them? This was going to be worthwhile. Did you say this is going to be a socially good card for them? Or did you do some research as to people who really wanted to give back and were looking for opportunities and would pick a card like this? I mean, how did you kind of convince them that this would be a worthwhile investment on their part? I'll answer that question. I think that it's kind of baked into what your question is, because I originally, you know, was trying to pitch this very much. And I, I would give this advice to anyone that's, you know, starting anything kind of socially conscious, a socially minded venture, really focus on the economics and how it's going to fit in and bring real dollar value to mm-hmm. the people that you want to partner with. Because I think early on, I focused too hard when I was trying to reach out to get banks and payment networks on board about all the um, social benefits, which mm-hmm. is obviously why you know, I'm doing the business, but I was able to kind of figure out what MasterCard would want to see and how they're going to make money off of this. And also our bank partner Uh to really present a case where, you know, it would be profitable for them. I think, again, thinking about the corollaries, what they're used to is that what's existed for decades now, quite frankly, are these affinity credit cards where a really large nonprofit. So say like, for example, Bank of America and Visa have a credit card with Susan G. Komen. And it's specifically for Susan G. Komen. It's only for Susan G. Komen supporters. And when they use that card, um, a very small amount goes back to Susan G. Komen. Our model brings a a lot more value to the nonprofits and the cardholders and it's very distinct. But again, peel all of that away. I recognize that there's an interest of banks to, you know, work and focus on people that are doing nothing with their reward points, which is over 60 million you know, people in the United States. Hmm. And I really just pitched it as a, look, there's these existing affinity cards out there. You know, here's how my model is similar. Here's how it's different and how it's going to be a profitable, you know, item for you. I, I will say like one of the funny things, and I can kind of say it, now, you know, and, and once you get far enough down the path, if you're, if you're looking to start, you know, a co-brand yeah. credit card, the issuer and the payment network are going to ask for projections. They're going to want to see you put together a financial model that really shows, um, you know, how you're going to grow the program and how it's going to get bigger over time as the years ensues from like a payment volume perspective. And when we were initially putting it together, you know, I made a lot, had to make a lot of assumptions. My first time through it, we obviously weren't in market yet, so weren't sure what to pick. I just remember submitting the model to our, the main guy I was working with at MasterCard at the time, getting on the phone with him and him saying to me, Stephen, hey, look, uh, we believe in what you're trying to do from a conceptual basis. We believe it's going to work and we're on board. Like, we're going to make you an offer. But he goes, but the projections you sent me, he goes, they were so large. He said, this would be the most successful credit card that's ever launched in the history of the world. <laughs> He goes, you know, look, I had to cut your numbers to like tenth of the size, and I submitted, you know, to finance to get it to get it approved. <laughs> you were optimistic. I was very optimistic, but I was also, I mean, you can call it naive or uneducated or whatever. It was just my first time through, right. and I really, uh, 
you know, kind of swung for the fences, painting, I guess, a little too bright of a picture. Uh, well, uh, it, was pretty, it was a pretty funny moment. Well, you need to have that belief, you know, I guess if you are going to make it happen. So that's my next question. How do you get people to sign up for this card? So you had these projections that everybody in the world was going to want a chance to have charity charge in their wallet. Of course, it's not that easy. You have to convince people, A, to get a new credit card. You have to convince them, B, to get a credit card that's not necessarily putting rewards in their pocket. You have to convince people people see that this is a card that they're going to use, not lose track of, not rack up a lot of interest on. So what steps did you take once you got this card launched to actually let people know it existed and convince them to sign up? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, on a really practical level for any entrepreneurs that are, that are, you know, listening to this, I think it comes down to two things really basically. One is the distribution, like how are we going to get awareness and traffic and people to come to our website and then when they get there, we're in front of them with this opportunity. How are we making sure that we're that we're messaging it the right way so that they actually convert and decide to get the card? And so on that first point on distribution, you know, we've really found a couple of channels that are really starting to scale up and work well for us. One is partnering with, you know, traditional credit card affiliate sites like acreditcards.com, where, you know, their whole business model is to put out a lot of, you know, different things, whether it's content, SEO advertising, et cetera. People come on our creditcards.com looking for a right card and we're a different option there, right? Mm -hmm. So while they are featuring all these cash back and bonus points card for the 30% of people that aren't using their reward points and are looking for something different or just want to add another product that has no annual fee, they see charity charge and that brings the distribution to our site. From there, what we've really focused on and has been the hardest thing is how do we pitch it and present it the right way? Right. That's really a matter of letting people know that there's no annual fee, letting people know that there's a lot of misinformation about personal finance, of course, letting them know that in reality, it's likely going to improve their credit score, not hurt it, letting them know that we have lower than the national average APR. And I think on the other distribution piece, the other thing that's been good for us is doing partnerships direct with nonprofits. So, you know, even last week we kicked off a partnership with a couple of new nonprofits. One of them is Broward's Children's Center, for example, down in Florida, where they're now putting charity charge in front of their board staff, donor base, letting them know that they could just sign up off of Broward Children's Center fundraising page. We'll get a card in the mail tagged to support them. Yeah. Um, so really distribution through those tried and true affiliates and then working with the nonprofits hand in hand themselves. So you basically been going to the nonprofits so they send it out to their big groups and their lists of people that they have and they're pitching it first and foremost to the people who are already supporting them in some capacity. That's correct. Yep. Okay. And then what about to convince the general public? Do you, for instance, let's say Hurricane Harvey hits, is that a time when you guys put out a PR pitch or go speak at different events to donate? donate and that it can help with the Red Cross or kind of any trending topic that seems to be out there where there's an opportunity to a little bit capitalize on that and say, hey, this is an opportunity if you want to give back without having to worry about something, finding something at the last minute, but add to the coffers of these nonprofits year round, you know, this is an option. Do you guys do that? Do you have that kind of strategy also in place? I mean, the brief answer is we don't have a, a super proactive strategy in place for that just because the reality of the day-to-day -day of of growing this business, yeah. um, we've had the resources to put there. But I will tell you that, for example, you know, when Hurricane Harvey struck, the fortunate thing was, you know, writers from creditcards.com and some other news outlets actually reached out to us and then, you know, kind of brought that to their audience. I do think that, that there's a real strategy of being more, you know, forward thinking of proactive, you know, because unfortunately tragedies are happening 
um, the world we live in, you know, all the time. And I think that, you know, this is an opportunity to do something positive and kind of get in the news media when those opportunities happen. I think that I always want to be real, you know, obviously if I'm getting interviewed or on a podcast, you know, just yesterday, someone hit me with a great idea, you know, and essentially my response was, this is a great idea, but I don't have the resources to, to be totally right. focused on that yet. But I think where you're headed is the right way from a strategy perspective. I know, you know, you and I have talked offline a little bit about yeah. that, and I appreciate all those ideas. I think that really getting at the core of, you know, giving people an easy way to give back and have them feel like they're doing their part, even if it's just you know, buying gas for their car or yeah. dinner, drinks out with friends, they can they can help out. Well, absolutely. And I know that when Hurricane Harvey hit, you know, there was a lot of stories about how the Red Cross and other charities, their sites shut down. They had this influx of money coming in from the government and from people and stuff. And they actually couldn't handle the intensity of all of the online submissions and stuff. And so, again, that's, that's a really good opportunity for people who want to just give back, not when necessarily there's a crisis, but just kind of helping add to their ability, these nonprofits to help people in times of need year round. So first take us through the process. Somebody signs up for this credit card, they get it in the mail, then what? How do they start helping these charities and choosing their charity? And do you guys help them choose? What's kind of the process there? Sure. So when you actually apply for your card, you select the nonprofit that you want to support. And we work in partnership with a group called GuideStar. That's the number one database of nonprofit information in the world. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you know, in our system, you can search and find literally any nonprofit in the United States, including K through 12 schools. There's something over, you know, 2 million nonprofits you can search from. Mm -hmm. So we've got cardholders now, fortunately, all across the country that are supporting everything from their, you know, their local children's school or animal shelter, all the way up to supporting, you know, big national groups, just as you mentioned, we got a lot of people supporting American Red Cross, United Way Worldwide, and many other of the big groups as well. The beauty of our model, though, is when you get your card in the mail, you had already pre-selected your nonprofit. So all you have to do is activate it just like any other credit card by calling the 800 number. And then you can go and use it around the world, wherever MasterCard is accepted. Every time you make a purchase, the cash back that you're earning, that's 1% on every purchase, automatically gets sent to the nonprofit that you had pre-selected. So it's really, truly a easy, effortless way for people to be able to give back. Mm-hmm. However, to your point, if at any point in time as a cardholder, you want to check and see how much you've earned or you want to select additional nonprofit support, you can log into what we call the donation dashboard. And from there, you can see how much you've earned. You can get a detailed itemized tax receipt and also have the option to pick additional nonprofits. But, um, you know, the majority of people, it's really interesting, Jenny, when I created this, you have a lot of assumptions and you kind of put something out there in the world yeah. and then reality comes in, how people interact with it. I would say about 95% of people apply for the card and keep that nonprofit, so to speak, on file with their card. Right. Because, you know, what I consistently hear from cardholders that, that really like the product and use it is that they just like that it's easy, that it's effortless, that they don't even have, they say they don't even have to think about it and they know that they're doing good. Right. They don't have to redeem those rewards or get the check and send it to the nonprofits. It's just done, period, for them. And I think that is a great thing because as you said, 30% of cardholders or something do not uh, actually redeem their rewards simply because sometimes it's just too difficult and they don't want to bother with it. So what is a typical charity charge cardholder like? What's the demographic profile of the people who tend to be most interested? Sure. You know, look, I would say at this point, we have a pretty even mix of male versus female. 
I think we're skewing a little bit more female. So power, power to you. And I think that generally speaking, we're seeing a lot of people that are board members or heavily involved as a staff member of a nonprofit looking for additional ways just to help out, you know, Mm -hmm. almost the common thing we get from people that are board members are, you know, I wouldn't, I do this, you know, or, you know, a lot of people that get cards are founders of small nonprofits where, you know, they're looking for every way to help their organization and they'll get a card themselves and they'll also recruit, you know, close friends and family members, letting them know that this is an easy opportunity to help out. So I look at our user base as being of those types of people versus like what age, et cetera, they are. But if I had to give you an honest assessment, you know, it's, it's generally speaking, you know, people above probably 35 and up, I think have mm-hmm. a little bit of extra disposable income are looking for ways to give back in enhanced ways to something that they're probably already contributing to. Hmm, interesting. I would have actually thought it was young people at first because the millennial generation seems to be a little bit more nonprofit focused and, and less consumerism. But that's interesting. I guess you're right. If people are looking to add an extra card to their wallet, it would be a little bit older with more expendable income. What about your profit? So you aren't a nonprofit. You're a for-profit organization. How do you make your profit? Correct. So we're a public benefit corporation and we make our profit in two key ways, which is not overly dissimilar to when I was mentioning earlier on, you know, how the co-brand business model works. When you think of like a Southwest Airlines or Nordstrom's, they have these credit card programs in partnership with a payment network and a bank issuer, just like we do. Mm -hmm. So we are paid totally separate from the 1% cash back that the cardholders earn. Commerce Bank and MasterCard pay charity charge a total dollar amount as we grow the business. So Mm -hmm. on a really practical level, Commerce Bank pays us a fixed dollar amount anytime someone signs up for the card. Okay. And MasterCard pays us a royalty on the overall volume and usage. And that's, you know, the same way that they would pay Southwest Airlines or Nordstrom's. Okay. And, you know, I'm interested because you had these really positive projections when you first submitted your materials to MasterCard. How difficult have you found it since then to get people to sign up? What has been your biggest challenge so far and what surprised you the most? Yeah. I mean, I think that our biggest challenge has been the fact that there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of competition, generally speaking, for mindshare around credit cards. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we go to partner with sites like a creditcards.com or a Quinn Street or a NerdWallet or the Point Sky or Compare Cards or any of these sites, they're typically getting, you know, significantly more than our margins afford for us to be able to pay to get to the top of their lists. Mm-hmm. So it's been super competitive um, getting it out there. That's in part why, you know, we've really grown through partnerships with the nonprofits, just figuring out the right way to message it to founders of nonprofits that can recruit, you know, friends and family to get cards. I think I would be remiss, you know, we focused the bulk of this conversation on, you know, our consumer card, but where I'm really excited where we're taking the business, we haven't in market and had a lot of nonprofits using it, but is our nonprofit business card where the nonprofit Hmm. uses it for their internal expenses, just to paint the picture, for example, 1% for the planet, uh, Patagonia's sister nonprofit, their 10 employees all use a nonprofit business card right. to make purchases and then it funds themselves. And, you know, that's been in the works for almost two years, just a lot of legal and operational things that I had to work through with our bank partner and MasterCard to bring that product to market. But I think as an entrepreneur, and I think that's part of what this podcast is about and just kind of letting you know kind of where we're at, I'm really excited about that market because we're going to be doing something that's hyper unique in the sense of, you know, it's fulfilling our mission to serve nonprofits. And it's a very focused, essentially B2B offering where we can go direct to the nonprofit and bring them value for something for them to use internally. 
the consumer credit card space is just very challenging. Although we're finding ways to grow, mm-hmm. um, it's really tough because you talk about like the big banks are hiring, you know, Samuel L. Jackson or Tina Fey or Jennifer Garner and right. running national advertising. I really need platforms like this, like you and this podcast and the story you're doing on us really help, you know, bring awareness in a very organic grassroots way. And that's really how I believe we're going to grow this thing. Part of it is like, I'm just recording even some videos as I'm talking about this because I'm like, Hey, this is a great clip that could go up on YouTube or something. And I'm hoping that someone out there hears it and, you know, tells it to their nonprofit or tells it to their friend or decides, Hey, I want to get a car and get back. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm curious how the 1% might harm you guys in your efforts, or maybe it helps you. But I know that, you know, a lot of cards now you can get one and a half to 2% back. So do people say, well, wait a second, why don't I just get a one and a half percent cash back card and then donate that to the charity of my choice? Or if a business wants to get that card, they say, well, I'd rather get a card that will give us 2% back in something rather than 1%, even if it's giving to a nonprofit. How do you guys contend with that? And do you have plans to get it raised to 1.5% to be a little bit more competitive? So the brief answer is yes, we do. I mean, okay. we're starting small. When we started, you know, MasterCard and our bank partner wanted to do the program, but they didn't want to take a loss on it. And so, you know, banks, when they put together new credit card offerings, they obviously have very sophisticated business models of how they're going to make money on the program, which helps them decide, you know, where they're going to put those rewards. So I'll make a couple of comments on this because I think actually if there's a soapbox I can stand on or a message that I can kind of put out there, I think this is really kind of where the meat of this conversation goes. So number one, yes, we will, as our user base grows, and that's why we need people, we will be able to justify and get more beyond the 1% um, to go back to charity. Two, we underwrite all the donation processing fees out of the margins that we get paid from MasterCard so that 100% goes automatically with no breakage, which gets me to my point. The reason that a bank can offer, you know, one and a half percent on these categories and potentially even like a two percent on these categories type of card is that, you know, a bank at the end of the day, they need to make money. They're all about maximizing profit. And in many respects, I compare them to like a casino. The house always wins. So they know that if they're going to launch a credit card and they're going to offer, you know, two percent on these categories and one percent on everything else, they know a couple of things. One that it's gonna net out to only be in in actuality what they're paying out when it averages out between the categories. Let's say like instead of 2% or 1%, it's probably gonna be like a 1.2%, 1.3% in actuality of the cash back that's generated. So no, we don't we don't get these types of profits for our program, but they're gonna they know that they're uh-huh. gonna put out a card and a percent of that portfolio is not is gonna get hit with late payment fees, interest financing charges, et cetera which is going to more than make up for, you know, the super high end of the spectrum of people that are their power users that are getting, you know, 2% extra points, all that stuff. And essentially, you know, at the end of the day, when people, you know, want to brag about the flights that they're going on and the uh, vacations they get to take, it's on the backs of the other end of the credit card program of the people that weren't able to pay their bill, that are barely able to make ends meet, that are paying super high finance charges that are able to make that program profitable so the bank can afford to reward, you know, those power users with all of those perks and benefits. 
And then the last, I'll just say this, gets to the breakage point. Again, 31% mm -hmm. of credit card holders in the United States never redeem their reward points. So again, coming full circle to how I had the epiphany and came up with this idea, a bank knows that when they put out a new credit card, they're going to hire Samuel L. Jackson and they're going to make all these marketing statements, but they know that a percent of that portfolio, a large percent, is never going to redeem the reward points. And that breakage is going to go right back to their bottom line and allow them to become profitable. Very interesting. And so you're saying basically this is a thing where it is 100% the rewards will be used because they are donated automatically by you guys every time somebody uses their card. So there isn't that breakage there that they would experience normally with people just not redeeming their rewards at all. And at the end of the day, though, is your APR pretty low? I mean, one thing somebody might say is, hey, do I really want to get a card where, okay, I'm not getting the rewards and I'm giving it to somebody else. That's great. But I don't want to be hit with tons of interest payments if I forget to pay. Correct. So our APR is lower than the national average. And I do think to answer your question as well, I mean, I think that you're, that you're on spot. I mean, the people that are getting our card are looking for something that's different. They like the fact that there's no annual fee, so there's no cost to them. Right. And they get the benefit of the tax write-off and they get to feel good. I'm curious how the tax write-off works. I'm sorry, really <laughs> quickly, because I know with credit cards generally, like if you get rewards, let's say I get $2,000 worth of free flights rewards, I don't have to declare that on my taxes because it's kind of a separate type of thing. It's not considered taxable. So how do you use your rewards as a tax write-off? Sure. So this... Took me a lot of agony and expense hiring <laughs> one of the top tax attorneys and law firms in the country. So here it is. Essentially, any reward that you earn with a credit card, whether it's cash back or it's bonus points or it's airline miles, is technically a rebate on the purchase price. Right. So therefore, as the consumer or the small business owner or the business, that's essentially a discount to you and does not count as income. The IRS does not, you know, make you have to, you know, kind of clean that, so to speak, sure. as ink. On the flip side, what we're doing, it's essentially, we're, if you look at our cardholder agreement, our terms of service, what we're doing is essentially automating the donation of people's cash, cash back to the charities that they had pre-selected. Uh -huh. So in the way that kind of money is fungible, and someone uses a charity charge card, let's say they make a $100 purchase. Well, they've technically earned 1% cash back. So they've right. earned a dollar. Instead of us just automatically depositing that in their bank account, we're instead automatically depositing that in the nonprofit they pre-selected. Thus, they're directing the cash back, which makes it tax deductible. Wow, that's very, very interesting because, yeah, it would not be considered taxable income if you got that cash back from the card, as far as I understand. So for it to then be redirected to a nonprofit for you to be able to get a tax break on that, that's very interesting work you did there, Stephen. Good job. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. I mean, it took a lot. You know, the flip side also, though, to kind of compare well, what's going on and how we're different, when you have a large nonprofit partners direct with a bank, in the case of Susan G. Komen and Bank of America, right. it's Bank of America making a bulk donation to Susan G. Komen. So those cardholders don't get that benefit of it. Hmm. Very interesting. But you were able to make this so that cardholders could get the benefit, which is another perk. You know, you're not just giving back, but you're giving back and you get to write it off on your taxes too. So that's definitely, depending on how often you, how you use that card or how much you use that card, that can be significant. I know people can, you know, you can donate your points, let's say to the American Red Cross, your points for flights. So you're providing flights for people who, you know, volunteers who need to get out there in the times of an emergency, you can donate your cash back. Obviously you just get the cash back, whatever you got back, you can donate it to uh, a charity or a nonprofit. 
of your choice. So there are other ways to help out with your credit card, but yours at least is seamless in the sense that once you pick your charity, it's done. You never have to think about it again or do anything more with it again, which I think is a very big perk for people who say the reality has it. I have all these grand ideas of what I'm going to be doing, maybe to give back or whatever, but I just never get around to it. So this is a great way to do that without having to worry about how to get around to it. If you don't mind telling me, how many users do you guys have now? Yeah, so I'm really proud. We have cardholders in every state across the country, and we've gone over 1,200 consumer cardholders now and growing. Really started to pick up actually pretty significantly over the past three weeks, which which has been awesome as well. Absolutely. Fantastic. That's great. And, you know, you guys plan to keep growing. Do you have a timeline as far as how you're now going to move into the business card category? What's kind of your five-year outlook? Boy, that's a that's a big <laughs> question to ask. You know, I can only answer it in more kind of over the next six sure. months right now. You know, in the early to mid-summer, we're going to make a formal announcement and launch of our nonprofit business card. And then some time in the late summer, early fall, we'll formally launch our business card product. And for me, that's really very much solidifying like the vision of having these three different products, a consumer card, a nonprofit card, and a business card. Mm -hmm. I think from there, really where I'm just trying to focus more of my time, I just left a conference with a group that we work with, 1% for the Planet, and was just so inspired by all the people that are a part of it. And I'm really just trying to get back to our roots of connecting with our nonprofits and our cardholders and businesses to just grow as much organically as a movement with this thing. And take it day by day. That's right. Yeah, it's part of the day by day. I think, look, I think on the other side, you think about like a five year or a 10 year, a 15 to 20 year. I think that it gets back to the roots to really that concept of reminding people that that giving is better than receiving. I think we have an opportunity to make a consciousness shift and a mindset shift, you know, in this country and beyond that we are so fortunate to have what we have, especially in this country. And if we can, you know, if, if I can make a mark of changing not only like the credit cards that people use, I mean, that's the side. I mean, that's not yeah. the important thing. It's just like bringing a little bit more joy and positivity to people's lives, bringing that karma back to them. That's really why I'm doing this. I really think we've got an opportunity to bring people together and do it in a way that's all about in the service of others and not just about ourselves. Absolutely. And it's nice when it's something that is easy to do. And it's pretty simple. You're going to sign up for a card anyway. You might as well get one that makes you feel good every time you buy something. Finally, our show is called Charged Up. What gets you charged up about changing the mindset that we have around credit cards? You know, what gets me charged up are are two things. Number one is that I think that there's an unbelievable, I think something that we can all agree with is there's an unbelievable lack of financial literacy that happens. And before our time, almost before we were all born, you know, this credit card industry started and, you know, it's always been in a profit maximization standpoint. And I'm, I'm just proud that I'm creating a platform where I can talk about breakage and what's happening behind the scenes with credit cards and how people can do something positive. Because again, whether you want to call it for right or wrong, you know, the legal definition of a corporation and what these banks are are they're there to maximize profits for shareholders. So you can look at, you know, what a Wells Fargo has done to rip off consumers. You can look at what so many of these other banks have done through the housing mortgage crisis that we've come out of. So just trying to do something positive. I think on the micro sense, I can't tell you, Jenny, how excited I get 
when you know we're launching a new partnership with a nonprofit or last week we had two organizations in particular one was a nonprofit in Austin called Friends of the Children that reached out they wanted our business card and it brought me so much joy to be able to serve them to be able to offer them this card that I know that's going to help them because you know the small to medium sized nonprofits is quote, a small industry in the terms of how a big bank would look at it, they've really been left unaddressed and just out there kind of defend for themselves. So I'm just charged up to be able to do something unique in this space and be able to help these nonprofits. I'm just here to serve nonprofits and, and really help people, you know, give back in a super easy way. And, and my audacity is that, you know, over time we can create a mindset and a consciousness shift of, you know, people being more positive, more friendly, more giving to those that are less fortunate than themselves. That's amazing. And I think it's so impressive what you've done. It's impressive that you got this even started from an idea and you launched it and you are so fired up about it. I've met you in person. You really, really believe in the mission. And, you know, I think that is really, really admirable. And congratulations on doing that. And I encourage people, if you do want to give back and you know you're just not going to ever get around to putting a lot of effort into it, but you still want to do it, Charity Charge is an awesome option. You can get it off of creditcards.com. You can get it off of charitycharge.com. So, you know, I highly encourage people to check it out. Or if you run a nonprofit, you'd say, hey, absolutely. I want to send this out to my list of people who support us. We also did a video with you guys just because I think it's such an awesome thing that you're doing. So that'll be out on creditcards.com also. So thank you so much, Stephen. My pleasure. Thank you, Jenny. And thank you for joining me for this episode of Charged Up. I'd love it if you could rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe so you're alerted as soon as a new episode is up. If you have questions you want me to answer on air, please send an email to chargedup at creditcards.com. To read the full transcript for each episode and access even more great financial information, head on over to creditcards.com. Until next time, get charged up about your financial future. (laughs) 